Hello everyone and welcome to our next instalment of the Bible study podcast. We're up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. Before we begin, just remember to ensure that those who are away from your group are, are noticed and organize someone to call them to see if they're okay. A growth group is an important part of pastoral care, so please make sure you, uh, that you're able to do that. The second thing is to remember to pray for Brian Giles Brown, who is wanting to start a new Bible, uh, new growth group. So please pray that he'll be able to reach some people for that. And thirdly, please remember that our final growth group leaders meeting is December the 3rd, which you might think, December, that's so far away, but it's not far away. Yikes, Christmas is almost here. The study. Question one. How would you describe the Christian's hope? Now, another way of asking this is, what do Christians look forward to? People will probably say all sorts of things, uh, to be with the Lord, to go home to glory, to be in heaven with family or friends who have passed away. Just allow people to share what they see the Christian hope as being and um, just note down the different things that people have to say. Question two, what are the earthly tent and building from God referring to in verse one? Well, the earthly tent is our present body. The building from God is our promised body, our promised new body. So chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, in last week's passage, you could say the earthly tent corresponds to what is seen and temporary and wasting away, and the eternal house is what is not seen and eternal and being renewed daily. So heaven is not the eternal house we are looking forward to. Rather, the eternal house we look forward to is in heaven. It's kept in heaven for us. It's not heaven. It is something that has begun in us now. And Paul is not looking forward to being stripped of his body, but looking forward to the new body in the resurrection to come. Question three. What are we groaning about in verses 2 to 4? See also Romans 8, 22 to 25. So people in your group may say we are groaning about our physical ailments and our emotional problems. However, I think here the groaning is that we are not yet fully transformed. We, we and the people around us are a work in progress and we do not yet live lives that always please God. So the groaning is a groaning of sin, a groaning of disappointment, a groaning of longing for a time when we will be sin-free and without any restriction, praising God and glorifying him. Question four, what does verse four mean when it says, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life? And you should also see 1 Corinthians 15, verses 53 and 54. What it means is we want to be swallowed up by the coming age. The house that we're looking forward to is the resurrection body. We want to fully embrace and experience what has begun to work in us and being renewed day by day. We want that work in progress to be a work completed. We want what is mortal to be swallowed up by what is life. Question five, 
what is God's purpose for us in uh, in verse 5? Now, interesting here, God's purpose for us is to feel these longings, that these groanings, These are the, this is the purpose for us. Uh, what he has promised for these uh, longings are the expression of faith and trust in him. Uh, what I mean by that is that the longings that we experience, the groanings that we experience, are the context for us to exercise faith and trust, which is the way that a relationship is expressed. Number six, what is Paul confident about in verses six to eight? Two things. First, he is confident in verses six to eight because of what it says in verse five, that is, that Paul has the Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And you can look at Philippians chapter one, verse 23, and see how he is really looking forward to being with the Lord and he can't decide whether it's better to stay or not. The second reason that he is confident is because of the resurrection of Jesus, meaning the believer's resurrection. The dead will not remain dead because Jesus did not remain dead. Those in him will not remain dead. Uh, death can be embraced with great anticipation, for it will mean being with the Lord. Question seven. Why do you think Paul has the goal, he says, that he has in verse nine? Now, Paul says that his goal is to please God, to please the Lord. And what a challenge and corrective this is to our small-minded goals, so often dictated to us by the age that we live in, that we're infected by because we're immersed in this age. We need to remember that our goal is to please the Lord. The reason Paul has this goal is actually unpacked in the next verse, but it will be good before we get to the next verse for people to talk about why our goal in life ought to be to please the Lord. Question eight. Who is being judged and on what criteria? In verse 10. Here is a big reason why, while in the body, we should please the Lord. The fact is, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to be, as it says, judged for what is done in the body. Just better check that one. Yes, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. The fear here is not so much condemnation, but an absence of commendation. We want Jesus to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But here the reality is that some Christians will not live with the goal of pleasing the Lord. And so they will face a judgment day, not a day of condemnation, but a day when there is no commendation. We want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And the question is, that you and I have to answer is, will he? 
Am I living as one who is pleasing the Lord? The criteria for the commendation, judgment, is what we have done in the body, not just what we've thought in our heads, but how we've actually lived. What does Paul say in verse 11 will be pleasing to God? Well, I, I suppose he has said that he his goal is to please the Lord. Well, what does it look like to please the Lord? Verse 11 begins with the words, since then, which means that this is grounded in that verse 10 about pleasing the Lord. Uh, this means pleasing the pleasing thing the Lord uh, the pleasing thing to the Lord that Paul will do is verse 11 to persuade others. Now remember last week we looked at chapter 4 verse 15 where we saw the the goal of Paul's preaching was that grace would spread and that as grace spread to people that they would be giving thanks to God and that God would be glorified. So we really see here that one of the key ways of pleasing the Lord is persuading others. Question 10. What is your time in this earthly tent for? Share one area in your life you would like to please God more with. So this tent time, you could call it, is for pleasing the Lord. It would be really good here to push people to confess an area in their lives that they want to please God more and to pray for that and then to follow it up next week. It would be also obviously good to pray that God would put someone in our lives that we could try to persuade to come to Christ. So that's a good prayer point there in that one. Uh, over the next two weeks, I'll be away, or three weeks, and Travis will have something for you. So uh, look out for him, and we always look out for Travis anyway, don't we? I hope your week goes well and your group goes well. See you later.